How's it going? My name is Matt. You're listening to Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. It's a show where I try and cover the most interesting stories in skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, and various other related endeavors. Thanks for tuning in and checking out this episode. If you are a first time listener, because I've got Wig Warland on the show, you might enjoy some of my other episodes with other skateboarding luminaries, such as Jamie Thomas, Ben Powell, Leo Sharp, Cara Beth, Lucy Adams, TLB, and even the great Pete Helicar um, out in Lewis. You can find them all on my website, www.wearelookingsideways.com, um, along with show notes and the rest of the archive, although I am a little bit behind on the show notes right now. Don't at me. So, Wig. I was chatting to Phil Young, actually, friend of the show, a mutual friend of mine and Wigs before this one, and he said something like, there's an argument to be made that for a key period in the 90s and 2000s, Wig was pretty much the most influential person in UK skateboarding. Now, as much as he will hate me for saying that, that's that's Wig, not Phil, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think Phil's right. The role of the surf, skate and snow photographer, particularly during this pre-social media period, carried a huge amount of power and influence um, whether they were aware of it or not, and when you know when they're primarily these people at the time were in their twenties, um, with a lot of booze and drugs also thrown in, that could be a fairly combustible recipe. Um, when we used to put white lines back together back then, we used to take the piss out of how seriously snowboard photographers, in particular took themselves because of this power and over the years I certainly witnessed some incredibly dickish behavior from people in said position and um, which I think is in common with all of the three but Wig who I've known on and off since the mid-90s always seemed to get the balance and the responsibilities that came with his position bang on looking back we were all a little bit in awe of his talent and his self-possession which in this context is a compliment and does mean what seemed to me at the time to be his complete understanding of who he was as a person and how single-mindedly he approached his craft and his self-appointed task and his influence really is enormous I've been lucky enough to speak to a lot of very influential figures in the history of UK skateboarding over the years and Wig really is right up there a few weeks back friend of the podcast Neil McDonald aka Science Versus Life put together a blog for the newsletter you can sign up via the website in which I asked him to choose five of his favorite skate picks his wig choice was inevitable and it was also what you might call a deep cut but it really did symbolize how important wig has been to UK skateboarding as Neil put it big yellow potato wheels rain dirt wig warland and sidewalk surfer all vital parts of UK skateboarding in the mid-1990s. Now, in the Looking Sideways book of cliches, the old, I've been asking this guy to come on the show for five years, line, is now up there with rants about adverts and my distaste for the phrase deep dive and other similarly well-worn themes which have led listeners to send in a Looking Sideways bingo card in the past. But in this case, it really did take me five years to persuade Wig to do this. And now that it's in the can, I'm very happy that we did it. He doesn't do many of these. So to get the chance to hear his peerless perspective on all things skateboarding and UK skateboarding specifically is a privilege I don't take too lightly. And also, I just got to hang out with him for a few hours after 20 years we worked out since we'd last seen each other, which was an absolute pleasure. Um... And I think we both very much enjoyed that part of the day. So thanks, Wig. I'll be seeing you soon for that pint and bike ride. In the meantime, here's me and Wig. Hope you enjoy it. 
we're on i'm recording um yeah that'd be good get some pictures taken by wig i'm down with that that seems quite loud there we go how's that right that's for you oh gosh just uh, just avoid that the silver bits if you keep your hand like that oh, i see so connections yeah don't touch um, so I have to hold my own microphone. You have to hold your own mic. Yeah, you need to hold it about here as well. Really, really close. Yeah, right. like okay. that. Yeah. Um, and ideally, keep it in front of your mouth. Okay, like that. Yeah, because you know sometimes you speak to people that are like quite expressive, and they do that, and I spend my life going like, "Oh, I'll do that all day." For so I'm just going to be doing that like yes. the whole time. Yeah. Yes, and that means get it in front of your mouth. Yeah, yeah okay. ex exactly. So how are you, Wig? It's been 20 years we just worked. I'm actually really glad you remember that last time we hung out, even though it was a very hungover car journey. Because I remember that really clearly. I remember what day it was. It was the day England beat Germany 5-1. Because uh, I remember you dropped, you dropped me off at Euston after a particularly boozy permanent publishing party i think a ppp yeah <laughs> as no one ever called it um i think yeah ben was definitely there horsey was there and yeah i remember you dropping me off and then me going to the pub to watch said england game right okay very good yeah i'm so uh but i remember we, we i was certainly hungover. did you do you drink i don't have a memory of you drinking back then I, I have a memory of yes. you being a bit more sensible, maybe, than everyone else. <laughs> maybe me not quite as pissed this as is everyone else. It's a good else. way to start, isn't it? Yes, yes, very sensible, me. Yes, yes. I can take it or leave it, basically. Yeah, it's my attitude. Yeah, so. I, remember, I remember we had a definite, like, setting the world to rights conversation oh, good. in the car oh, right. about politics and all sorts Gosh, of stuff. Gosh, okay. Yeah, stuff. Mm. But have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Yes, we've, we're, uh, yeah, I'm, st I'm still, I'm still here. That's a start, isn't it? Um, I'm still in London. Uh, yeah, after all those years. I don't really ever leave. I don't like to leave London. Um, so, yes, it's been, gosh, lots has happened in 20 years, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> Just a bit. Mm, yes. So, yeah, I can't remember the party. Maybe that's a good thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was mm. standard. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been at you for a while to do this. Mm. And you, you, you finally cracked. What made you change your mind? It's a bit of a theme, actually, with you skate permanent alumni. Ben was the same. It took me about five years to talk Ben into it as well. Oh, uh, good. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm amongst <laughs> friends. <laughs> but yeah. what, what, why, did you, why did you change your mind? Why did you sort of fancy it in the end? I think probably five years ago, I wasn't in a good place to, to think about the archive, really. Um, and and in the last five years, I've started to have a bit of time to think about it. You know, probably precipitated, not largely, but certainly helped by the Read and Destroy book um, idea that came along. Yeah. Uh, that's still live, of course, that idea. But... Um, that that sort of helped me to start re-exploring the archive. Why were you not? What what was it? I'm interested in that because you said it as if it was almost like something that you didn't want to deal with. A bit, yeah. I don't know. Um, mm, yes, I think I think when you when you've got an archive of photography, that you know, I mean, actually, I, I think 
when, when you look through an archive and you look at old pictures, certainly, okay, let's just say this. When I look through my archive and I look at my old pictures, maybe there's, you, it reminds you of, of those old places and of the other things that were going on around that, that that aren't shown in that picture. Sure. But I know what was going on in my life at that time. And maybe that I wasn't sort of ready to re-examine that or something, you know, so. Like the associations that maybe came with specific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing sure would be bad, but, it, no. but it's, 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 you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't in, in a, place to do it and now, and, and now you know now i i am and i'm able to look at it with fresh eyes and maybe it's just that it's long enough ago it's it's interesting again you know do you find is that like an aging thing do you think as in like you um are ready to be more reflective almost the distance of time has given you enough like perspective to be like actually doesn't really matter you know possibly yes i mean but oh yeah i mean maybe i just i needed to take myself slightly less seriously and just that's definitely an Asian thing yes yeah. <laughs> uh, and just sort of yeah just 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 look back look back at it and um and re, you know re-examine it and try and reframe it maybe I suppose um yes reframe it outside what it meant and it can mean something new now almost why why do you feel the need to do that so this is like proper psychologist couch already <laughs> yeah love it yeah um <laughs> but it is interesting um why do you need to reframe it well as i said you know maybe i wasn't i wasn't quite ready back then to ah uh, yeah that is quite you know i see where i'm going digging myself a hole here aren't i um that's what that's what we're for <laughs> good, good excellent <laughs> you've arrived yeah so i wasn't quite ready to um to look at it um, I don't know for many reasons really. Yeah, how long you got? Yeah, we've, we've got. We've got, we've got well, apparently we've got this room. Mm. Thank you, Neil. Uh, at the uh, what's it called? This place, the Grove the Grove House, the Grove House Tavern in Camberwell. Got it all afternoon. Apparently, so Gosh, we're right. all good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no time limit. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just how long I can hold this mic up? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe maybe let's let's talk about how why I've been re-able re to examine it more recently, that might be simpler. Uh, I think that in, yeah, so I just suddenly felt like I had the time, you know, from about 2017. And also something happened in 2017 that sort of, the, yes, the Read and Destroy book, but also I started to shoot skateboarding again a bit in 2017 um, due to uh, Palace opening an indoor skate park literally around the corner from me. So, you right. know, in, sort of sort of in honour of Radlands, which uh, I spent a lot of time at in the 90s. So Palace opened a, a homage to Radlands called Mwadlands in 2017. So that, you know, I, and I also felt like, all right, that's literally around the corner. I can't really not go there. So that, that um, rekindled my... I mean, I was thinking about shooting skateboarding again, but um, it was, I really sort of couldn't ignore it at that point. How long had it been at that point since you'd shot skating? There were people that were employing me in the late 2000s to shoot skateboarding, but um, not, not anything I would want to show now, particularly, right. or repeat, or talk about. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah it'd been 10 years. And was that a conscious thing? Had you, had you sort of reached the end of the, the, the you know, your 
interest end of the line because let's be honest you did it for a long time so yeah I think I think my interest in it it's funny this because I I talked to others um Neil at Science Versus Life about this and other people about what was sort of changing and happening in skateboarding in the kind of early to mid 2000s he's militant isn't he he's like 2002 bang <laughs> yeah 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 I mean when you yeah I, w- I wish I was sort of as sort of straight about it as he is yeah he's very that really I I love that when we had a chat he was like yeah 2002 pretty much put it to a month you know like Mm, mm. that's it for me yeah I mean his his thing is that it it suddenly all went online and and suddenly we can all access it any at any moment um but also I think there was something happening within skateboarding at that time it's quite hard to put my finger on it um Exactly, but I think skateboarding was kind of changing and turning into in the kind of early two thousands. It was it was turning into um, a kind of stair counting, you know, who could hit the biggest handrail type world. That's a huge generalisation, yeah. but but that's where it was kind of going, and I, and I wasn't so interested in that. Um, so I, I backed away and and, um, and ultimately, uh, you know, left sidewalking about, I don't know, 2004 or something. So um, that's something that I've started to re-examine slightly as well. Maybe we'll get onto that later. But um, yeah, skateboarding was changing and, I, and I, I'm more interested, I was kind of always interested in the style of, of skateboarders and how, and how they and the shapes they make, or 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 the or the style they show in in the still images that I could shoot, I wasn't right. really interested in in the whole stuntman thing. Sure. St- I, I mean, I still just think it's laughable, really, the stuntman right. thing. Um, you know, without mentioning any names, go on then. No, I won't. I won't mention any names, but you know, jumping. You know, large objects that can be seen from space. Yeah, is about as close to a name as I'm going to give you. Yeah, yeah. But you know who I'm talking about. Everyone's going to join those dots. Yes, like, yeah. yes, yes. So um, I just wasn't. You know, and, and Ben, Ben Powell agreed with me about that particular case, and we yeah. didn't run that in the magazine. You know, we were like very anti that idea. Yeah. But I think you know when skateboarding did become more about big it's, stunts. It's quite jock-like, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, it's quite. It's quite. It's a bit uncomfortably close to. There's a place for it, isn't there? The kind of evil can evilly sort of side of things to a point, but like it, it, it feels a bit. Uh, I mean, I think the interesting thing when you look back on, on that period of American skateboarding now is it. It does feel very dated and very related to sort of normal sporting stuff, really, doesn't it? You know, like a bit jockey, a bit like, a bit macho a bit sort of yeah and I, I'm not really into that no. and I, I just thought not, I realise that skateboarding has got to sort of it's got to survive and it's got to draw people into it to stay alive and, yeah. and, and that's fine but, but I'm not yeah I mean again I don't want to sort of mention any names but th- th- there's that, that that's the element of it which I don't I don't like and, and I not, not I don't like I, I just don't it doesn't appeal to me at all so, um, yeah, that, that's when I sort of thought, oh, this is no longer, um, 
necessarily about style you know how about creatively for you though as well because obviously you've done it for a long time at that point and you know you these days successful commercial photographer you know you've got a whole other thing going on um was was that a part of it that you kind of just wanted to try something different as a photographer yes probably i probably yes i'm sure i did i'm sure i did want to do that but i think that also there's a set looking back there's a sense in which skateboard magazines want skateboard magazines are media because of course we can't we must talk about you know the wider not everything just appears in magazines anymore matt i don't know whether you've noticed that <laughs> yeah um, i've noticed that <laughs> yeah so um yes us magazine people of old yeah here we are in a brave new world yeah. of media um, it's all about podcasts apparently these days indeed so, yeah. so um, I think that skateboard, the skateboard media world can be actually sort of weirdly quite conservative and it wants it it wants it needs skateboarding to look a particular way and that was definitely true of us in the 90s because we had to had we had to have sort of bright images that would draw people to the magazine on the shelf so they'd buy it you know that that's understandable but i think there are there are other ways of shooting skateboarding that some people are, are, are of course just going out there and doing and perhaps um you know the magazines some magazines and some media outlets weren't allowing so much experimentation without once again, naming names. Not, yeah. yeah, I mean, as as somebody who was an observer outside that scene, like, because obviously being involved in snowboarding at that point, snowboarding media, I was always quite bemused by how formulaic it could be, like yes, skate yes. skate photography and, mm. and filmmaking. I never really got it because it, it seemed... So, I mean, sometimes it just didn't seem to like convey it in the best way on a on a basic level. Like, but also like I just didn't get why everyone did the same thing really. Like, so how did how did that, you know? Because you described your aesthetic like you know in less grandiose terms, but you, you know you were talking about the fact that you have an an idea of what you want to see when you shoot in terms of like what the skaters doing style, like the shape you, is the word you used. So like, how did was that uncomfortable at points marrying the the the, the prevailing sort of cultural you know status quo with with your ideas well i think it became that yes and, and that's why i sort of felt like oh I, I can't do this anymore um but you know up until that point um it was fine you know i mean you can sort of i mean the, the aesthetic that i developed i suppose is that kind of studio in the street thing which everybody does now of course and um you you know you can go and do that with anything you know so it's sort of useful as a photographic uh tool i suppose or look so you know um but uh, but i think that when you want to um do things differently then maybe the skate media world is not the place for you right because it because it's you know, because of this conservatism, I, th I think it is. Yeah, that we're kind of talking about. Mm, yes, yeah. Without, yeah, and and also the, there's this sort of um, need to carry around you know a huge amount of kit for you know a couple of examples of that would be you know people turning up to the South Bank with a car with a boot full of 
flash equipment so they could set up at the seven and shoot a photo. It's just like, hang on. So, so what's going on here? Is, is, so are we, are we documenting the skateboarding or are we setting up a film shoot <laughs> to, to, to then have the star come along? I think, oh, I've just knocked the thing. Yeah, so um, I think that, and I think that maybe that works for some people. When you have got a really big superstar within skateboarding, yeah. you know, you do, maybe you do need to have the, the film set set up for them to arrive yeah. you know and that works but for a you know in, in i don't know i just think a lot of that stuff just gets in the way you know yeah i, I guess it's funny isn't it because it's like it's not really creativity is it it's kind of just copying what it's creative at one point but then if everyone does it it sort of ceases to become yeah actually creative doesn't it it just becomes like oh well that's what you do if you're going to shoot this you do it that way I and mean, there's not a lot of i'm quite fascinated by that actually like how just generally like how people unconsciously just sort of ape things because they think that's what you do if you're going to do that thing and they don't actually sort of step back and think like is that actually for me is that what i should do is that the best way that i could could fit into this mm. is that is that sort of what, you, th that's what, what you're getting at a little bit with this yeah that's what i started to do and i think i think i know I, I so in the early 2000s i was in barcelona quite a bit and i you know i'd see various you know superstars turning up with their with their <laughs> superstar photographers yeah and you'd see the amount of kit that they were you know carrying around the street and whatever and it made me think oh, this is insane you know what why there must be a better way than doing this you know this this it looks like it's preventing the skateboarding from happening almost you know um so i started to experiment with shooting things in a slightly different way and um and i'd say that sort of went reasonably well but but um i don't know i mean i think now you the digital thing means you can just turn up with a digital camera shoot it and deal with the post-production later if you wanted to nobody does that of course but that is what you sort of could do do you see, looking at it now then, just on this theme that we've got going on, this aesthetic, originality, conservatism sort of thread, like, do you, do you, how do you look at it now when you look at, because you're shooting skating again now, right? Yeah. But, but obviously we're talking 20 years later from when, you, you know, you, the, the height of your skate photography career, if you like. So when you look at it now, skate media, the way it's, the way it's being conveyed, do you think there's what do you think it's different you think it's improved you think there's more room for different approaches oh yes i think now it's it's now today may 2022 yes i've seen recently things i'm like wow yeah that's that's really that's amazing you know, what that guy's doing incredible and it's sort of moved on and people are starting to experiment a bit more but i think probably yes the last 20 years has been um you know, there are obviously there are exceptions to this, but you know, generally, um, oh, I should really be careful what I say here. <laughs> but um, I'm saying nothing. Yes, yeah. So I think that, that you know, also there's this sort of odd thing that happened within cam camera technology as well, about the same time, and it, it sort of got all a bit sort of still. You know, right. It, it sort of there was no life in it and now suddenly everyone's shooting like it's the 90s again including me so and that's fun and exciting and everything looks like it's moving um and that's brilliant that's what we all wanted certainly what i wanted to convey about skateboarding in the in the 90s 
and still today I love it so I, I, about 10 days ago I shot a photograph of Mike Manzuri and basically I got a street photograph of him we were on our way to the skate park but got slightly lost and uh, and we shot a photo in the street and it's just like wow so I'm very happy about that so when you were talking earlier about you know it's almost taken you like 10 years to go back to the archive did you just need to leave it behind for a bit just to like look at it look at the whole thing with fresh eyes Poss- it- yeah possibly also had a child to bring up but yeah well <laughs> of course yeah 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 leave that in the back room for now <laughs> yeah. um but there is a uh, it's been a bit of a theme recently on the podcast like almost being a bit embarrassed about what you did when you were a kid like it's come up a few times in oh, conversation really? okay. like of and when i said a kid like i mean 20 like needing the distance of of time and age to, mm. to sort of be like actually the, mm. the, there wasn't it was fine that you know like and and i can kind of look at it now with the without the emotion that probably came with it in your 20s you know when you try when you're trying to get a career when you try to do creative things when you're trying to express yourself you know and you like we both mentioned earlier taking ourselves maybe a little bit too seriously you know, you know what i mean like it, i just wondered if that had a part to do with it like being a parent notwithstanding you know to sort of to sort of just need to like leave it alone for a bit and come back on it with fresh eyes yes quite possibly yes the answer to that is yes next question (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i I think yes it almost certainly that helps and um yeah it does feel like i can look at it again afresh you know and doing that little little publication last summer I should have bought you one. Damn it. Oops. Um, I've got about three left. And um, doing that made me see that I can re-examine it in a different way and I can see different things in it now. Um, and and it's all there. It's in a filing cabinet. It's in a couple of filing cabinets in, you know, in my office above the church. And I can go there and I can look through it and I can think what I like about it, you know, now. And there, there is, you're right, there's enough distance. So... Yes, it definitely helps. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I, every time I meet somebody... I didn't do it to you, but mostly when I meet somebody, again, after years of not seeing them since the 90s or the early 2000s, I always say, I really hope I was nice. You know, like, I really I really hope that I was a well, pleasant... Kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, like, because there's a lot of booze involved. There's a yeah. lot of, like, testosterone involved. There's a mm. lot of dickish behavior involved not Perhaps, you, but also yeah. you like i said earlier you always seem to hold yourself apart from that like definitely that was my impression anyway well um, i tried to i tried to i tried to treat people decently and yeah I, I think i mostly did but um i think you know yes ben said this didn't he in, in his interview with you you know it was a different time and we may have behaved differently you know um so you know now uh everyone it's a much better time now you know we're we've, we're all sort of i suppose you could say we're a bit more guarded about what we say but um yeah there, there was some different behaviors going on back then wasn't there certainly were mm. <laughs> which have not not aged that well no um one of the i'm gonna grab I was, I was doing the usual thing of asking mutual friends beforehand like you have last sip your tea phil sent me an interesting thing i'm gonna read it out actually I think the role of skate photographer is really interesting. 
Travel halfway up the country to go and shoot a teenager in some forgotten northern town hall to jump down a set of stairs for four hours. It's such a powerful position, having the ability to change the direction of somebody's life. Um, which is interesting. Do, do you see that as somebody that was that person? Do you, is, that, is that something you recognize? Um, I'm getting okay, shot. Just getting a quick shot of you yeah. here. I'm so bad at getting my picture taken. Oh yeah, that'll be one for the family album. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I mean, I suppose it, yes, yeah, I mean, it's very, quite sort of grandiose, very Phil uh, thing to say, that, isn't it? Yes, I mean, it could change somebody's life, couldn't it? Yes, I suppose so. Or it could, it could sort of help to, towards changing their life. Yes. But I think in that era, like photographers were, I mean, not in the not in the shitty sense of the word, but like were especially skate surfers, so were like gatekeepers, like for sure. Like if you were gonna, if you were gonna, like if you're a kid, like you need to go through a photographer to to get to get ex, to get a picture taken, essentially, you know. And I always thought there's a lot, like in snowboarding in particular, a lot of photographers were absolute dickheads because they really enjoyed that power that they had a little bit too much really and yeah. again when you're in your 20s and there's a lot of ego floating around it's quite easy for somebody in that position to to gently flex on that and 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 use it as a form of like control and being a dickhead really but i think in skating especially in british skating if you look at tim and then you and andy kind of were like the the people that connected it all and that kind of kept the whole thing together in terms of like the media, like especially like Tim, like traveling around like in the early, like late 80s, early 90s, like basically the only person shooting that stuff. And then obviously that's what you did for absolutely fucking years. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it, it was actually a critical role in, in keeping the whole thing together. Like, did, is that something that you kind of ever thought about or, or recognized or were you just literally getting in the car and, Slapping about. I didn't sort of recognise that at the time, I don't think. But yes, looking back, yes, that is kind of true. I, I, I for a time, was probably, you know, one of the only people doing it. Um, and it, isn't that interesting that we now live in a world where that just doesn't really matter? You know, like you don't have to go through a third party to get coverage in a skateboard magazine you can just get your mate to film you on his mobile phone yeah. you know i mean that's a much more democratic way of distributing you know somebody's life and skill on a skateboard in this sense you know so um yeah that, i think maybe that uh, i didn't think about that at the time and i'm very glad that's changed you know as ben again said in his interview with you you know i think you know, people so when people are doing trips and brands and companies are doing trips they're just sending the skaters and just going there you go film each other stick it up on instagram brilliant so there isn't a, a sort of a third party needed um and then you know lo and behold there's no funny media people with big egos you know, or, not, or they're not necessarily not so necessary so how could they have big egos you know so I think there'll always be media balance with big <laughs> egos <laughs> your words ladies and gentlemen yeah. your words uh, <laughs> yeah. not, need a mirror in front of uh, for that one but it is interesting and I think it, I think it, it's unique 
especially that era and I'm talking about British skate surf and snow really like I think it is quite un- it's kind of what Neil's talking about isn't it the uniqueness of that time you know like cusp of analog and digital like cusp of media changing cusp of like skateboarding becoming like this huge thing like it is a, a definite distinct period that you were obviously like a pretty well a very critical part of which you also play down a lot you know whenever I message you you know I put a caption up on Instagram saying like Wig was like really influential hate me saying that you know like and there's a, there's a lot of that Ben was the same like didn't didn't really want to own that you know like yeah I mean it was yeah, I, I guess. No, I mean we we were really lucky, and we and we hit the, a golden moment, and it was it was wonderful, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, don't know what else to say really. That it, it was it was. Yeah, it's brilliant, and I, and I'm very glad that I've got access to that all that work still. It's still there and can be re-examined and um, sorted out and thought about in different ways. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, weren't we lucky to um, have the time and the budget to go off? Important word. <laughs> to, to go off around the country and photograph, you know, kids from Leeds and Liverpool and Hull and, you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow and wherever, Heckman White or whatever, whatever. But that, and that was, I mean, you know, thank you, Jim Peskett. Brilliant. What a, what a guy! I need to get him on. He's mm. he's mm. he's one of the unsung heroes. Mm. Although what was funny about the Ben thing was we were we were like talk you know as you know we were talking about Jim and we were like you know and this like forty five year old man who was like and then he messaged me and he was like I was thirty yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. fucking hell you were as well yeah I mean we're a very very brave person yeah you know taking on these lunatics yeah basically. Um, when are you getting horsely on? That's what we'll. we'll I've asked. He, he says no as well. He turned <laughs> me down as well. So um, I'm not alone. Good. Yeah, because they just did the, the, the. Did you go to the Dadlands thing? I didn't manage to get there. No. Yeah, because mm. um, yeah, I got an invite to that next year. And it was like that was the carrot. It was like you know we'll try and get you an interview with Horsley. I was like, well, we'll <laughs> see. I doubt. I doubt he's going to do it. To be honest. So yeah. well, you know, nice nice point to to ask how you got into it because i don't actually know like i, I mean i know milton Keynes is you, you're from milton Keynes, right i'm from a part of milton Keynes on the on the outskirts yes yeah yes. so come on give us the give us the backstory let's do this bit like how you got into it photography oh right okay. traditional in these in these interviews yeah okay right um well i mean i you know like anybody else i got into skateboarding by having a group of friends who are who were into skateboarding um, and I just happened to have some friends that were very good skateboarders as well, you know. So uh, in the late 1980s, um, Phil Chapman and Duncan Wurzel Holton were fairly ish big names in skateboarding, you know, and they also lived in on the outskirts of Milton Keynes. So, um, yeah, there you go, friendship groups. Um, and I started shooting photographs of them. And I, I guess Wurzel introduced me to, you know, the death box thing, um, which turned into the flip thing, you know, death box literally morphed into flip. Um, and the person who ran uh, flip had a reasonably good eye for who 
who he should sponsor and who the company should back. And you know, you know, along along comes Tom Penny and Jeff Rowley, and they're, they're suddenly within in front of my lens. So about the same time, I probably met Mike Manzuri, and you know, and I was just, I, I think, quite quickly, I was out there. Um, Nails off. Yeah, I was out there uh, meeting the right people and and taking the right photographs. If that's the right way of putting it, probably not. But um, were, you, were you into it before, though, photography? Did skate? Oh, yeah. So, so at the, so at the same time, you know, in a parallel, you know, parallel to all this, I left school, got a job, amazingly, working for a local commercial photographer, right? Being his assistant, and he put me to work in his darkroom mainly, right? Uh, and I got very good at black and white printing, right? Um, fairly reasonably quickly-ish, and. Um, uh, he was very. He had very high standards. This guy, not not particularly. Not, I'm not going to drop his name or anything. He's not particularly famous, but he had very very high standards, and he gave us a great grounding in what was sort of how things needed to look, uh, especially in the black and white world. I so, did wonder because because obviously your photography is like technically very very proficient. You know, it was always always was like not just about the actual picture like you know the the whole process of it seemed to be as important to you of of as you know the act of going out and shooting and I, I wondered where it came from because i assumed that there was some kind of technical grounding involved at some point which which sounds like this was it yes yeah, yeah. i mean he was a very good i, I worked for a couple um, i think i worked for every photographer in the new city of milton Keynes. <laughs> i think i went around them all and yeah. uh, i mean there were you know at that time it, there were probably oh, i don't know three, four, five, you know, that were quite good. And um, this is back in the days when you needed a photographer to take a picture for you because it was this weird sort of dark art that only happened, that only certain people yeah. were the gatekeepers of. Quite arcane. Yes, it really was. And um, uh, But yes, it, it, gave me, it gave me a good grounding in what photography, what was required. Um, so yes, and at the same time I was skateboarding and around skateboarders. So the two came together, I guess, quite naturally. Did you, and did you have at that age, at that point, uh, uh, as strong an idea about what you wanted it to look like, what you wanted to convey or were you just, did that come later? I think I was probably looking at magazines and I was going, and I was inspired by them and I was thinking oh I want it to be like this I want it to be like that and you know in the mid Neil will obviously correct me about this but in the <laughs> mid 80s late late 80s Neil just like flinched somewhere. <laughs> yes yeah keep, keep you in your place um, uh, you know we were getting magazines from America and they were you know these incredible well, complete artworks, really. Mid-80s, late-80s, Transworld, uh, designed by David Carson. You know, they were in these incredible things, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we were... You know, Spike Johns was working for them, you know, as, as well as working for some quite edgy bicycle magazines as well yeah. it's just you know it was it was it just felt like all these incredible what's it called that homeboy wasn't it that yeah, magazine? yeah yeah and i think it was it was it was a an amazing moment for magazine design and incredibly creative people 
that were involved in that process you know was that w- difficult to relate though to to you in Milton Keynes were you mates do you know what I mean like because that I kind of remember because Carson also like designed snowboard mags and all that and mm-hmm. I just remember that aesthetic and that whole seemed quite far removed mm-hmm. <laughs> from mm-hmm. what we were all doing and yeah I just wondered if that was daunting in some way if it was something that you did you see it as just another thing did you did you aspire to it do you know what I mean like yeah I think yeah I think I mean you know the bit of the story that I haven't told you is that I was of course into BMX before skateboarding and and we were you know I was buying oh god what was it called BMX action which turned into freestyling with a apostrophe with an apostrophe at the end yeah the street the street version yeah and that was all sort of shot by Bob Osborne Windy Osborne and I just thought I don't know I just saw Windy's pictures and I was like oh I want to do I want to do that you know and when you saw Windy in action when when you did get to see Windy in action in um shooting in the UK it was it was amazing and she was just jamming the camera right in there so it was I don't know it's an extra exciting thing that was coming to the table yeah I I don't know I I think that we felt us sort of kids growing up riding bikes in Milton Keynes I don't know we just felt like well skateboarding it it, it didn't feel a million miles away to us and I I think maybe on a slight tangent but maybe Milton Keynes doesn't look anything like LA really does it but but it's all new and it's all sort of maybe it has that aesthetic yeah it's as close as you're going to get at that time Mm, to, to, to to that thing that you were seeing like you say yeah. in all these magazines and and that basically what was the media aesthetic of skateboarding at that point really yeah so no it didn't I, I just was really inspired by these I mean Spike Johns wow you know his pictures are just in, I just thought I, I want to be him yeah you know? so when did you start sort of did you do stuff for Eden Destroy before before Sidewalk yeah, so, so Read and Destroy uh, f- sort of finished to morph into Sidewalk. Um, I'm definitely right on that point, Neil. Got that, yeah? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so when, when Tim was doing Read and Destroy, I was sort of turning up at the offices and showing him pictures and bothering him. Right, and, and on Nick, the hustle. Yeah, on the hustle, kind of on the hustle, because, of course, you know, the train from Milton Keynes to... Bowling Green Lane in Islington, where they were at the time, you know, wasn't prohibitively expensive or in terms of money or minutes, you know, so it's fine. Um, so I'd sort of occasionally turn up and try to sort of elbow my way in, but that didn't work terribly well. And I, now I know why it didn't work terribly well, it's because they didn't have budget really for freelancers, you know, so I understand that. But um, yeah, I was always sort of quite. No, you're gonna you're gonna start using my pictures, you know. Right. I'm doing this, you know. Um, and then, and then along came, and then along came Andy Horsley, who met who I met at a Spitalfields skate comp. Yes, there was an indoor skate park in Spitalfields Market 
in the early 90s yes there was everybody you know like that is a thing um you can't imagine that now have a walk have a walk through that indoor market and imagine that in the in the early 90s there was a skate it was a legit old school market wasn't it basically yeah and then it sort of kind of went down the pan and then really somebody thought oh what can we use this for a roller rink oh no maybe let's put a skate park in and it was just a bunch of you know wooden ramps presumably they got out occasionally but anyway there was a competition there uh andy horsley turned up and he sort of took it upon himself to thrust a flyer into my hand and he was starting a magazine called the system right i did not know this okay and then um and then basically this the first issue of the system used all the pictures that tim layton boyce ignored right um I did not know this. All right. in one go. You got? Have you still got it? The I've system? got a few copies. Yes. Have you? No if way. you're interested in uh, purchasing one, <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> yeah, you can find it on eBay. Yeah. No, I've I've got a few. I've no, I literally copies. had no idea yeah, about okay. that. Oh, I can sort you out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then I think we did three issues of that, and it was backed by a, a, a skateboard distributor and shop in the Midlands, who I won't mention their name either um and that eventually sort of well there's a set of circumstances that we can go into maybe another time that revolved around andy and i turning up at the offices of rad which had subsequently been bought by other people and and had and was nothing to do with tim Layton boys anymore so we sort of turned up and said you should give the job to us right and that became sidewalk no no then we did then we did about right. a year of my, my about chronology a year is definitely of, hazy yeah so that, so then the system there was three issues of the system right and then we did about a year of or maybe two years of reading destroy oh right so this okay i remember now yeah this was like this sort of final phase wasn't it essentially of yeah it? yeah uh or final with a fade's the right word, Matt. Maybe you want to phase. Oh, phase. Right, <laughs> Freudian slip that wig. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, we, we had the final bit of phase. rad, and then we and then we uh, and then we were sort of left on mass and went and did sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, there you go. Full history lesson. Was that interesting? I don't know. Was to me. I had mm. no idea about the system, <clears throat> which is funny, um, just because generally quite a geek about these things really mm, mm, so yeah so yeah so the sidewalk glory is yeah yes i mean the first yeah yeah i mean sort of walking out of rad and and doing sidewalk in 9495 yes was yeah that and this is the point that because sidewalk was it always through gym and permanent or was it, there was another guy involved at the start wasn't there was there or am i no because there's another guy that yeah, I remember Jim worked for another publisher, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. yeah so, with, so, so Jim was the advertising manager at the last version of Rad. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking. I mean, that's why I got mm. a bit confused. Yeah, which was, yeah. and it was Ka- Ka- Kasperovich, was he the yeah. guy? Is that Mark the guy? Kasperovich. Yeah. That's the guy, isn't it? And, and then he, everyone left, didn't they? Because yeah. that's where Chod was. He was doing Snowboard World, I think. That's right. And then everyone jumped ship and set up permanent, didn't they? And yeah. then yeah, that became White Lines and and Sidewalk essentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. So. It was bankrolled by a windsurf mag. 
Yes. Reading, the last version of Reading Destroyer was bankrolled by a windsurf magazine. And I think, I don't know whether they're still doing that. I've no idea. Mr. Kasprovich and his... Yeah. Anyway. Not, not heard of him for a while. edit that name out. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, he never had the greatest reputation in the world, that guy. Um, right, so then you, Dream Team, you, Ben Horsley... <laughs> Chris Forder. <laughs> First time you've ever been called the dream team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, I think obviously a lot of people view that period and that magazine and that group of people very affectionately in, in terms of like what it stands for. And also, as we said that, you know, these are like the M1 years for you, aren't they? Basically like where you're on the road and shooting and, and doing that thing I was talking about, like, you know, being connecting all these little, little scenes and documenting mm. the whole thing yeah which must have been a really good laugh yeah it was i think it was just excellent to meet all those people i mean it was probably slightly overwhelming you know and i didn't sort of know where i was from week to week or day to day sometimes but um no it was it was it was great to 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 be involved in the well we felt it was a reinvigoration of the UK scene, yeah. I mean, Tim had done a great job in, you know, his version of Read and Destroy in, in sort of opening up uh, skateboard media to the entire country, yes, despite what some would tell you. Uh, he he did do that job. He did do that travelling. Um, but we were just... Yeah, we, we, we felt like it was really important to show British skateboarding in all its glory and all its um you know what's the word mm, yes i mean it's certain elements of british skateboarding aren't that glamorous you know as well so there, there's lots of sort of grit in all its grittiness grittiness excellent <laughs> good, good you're here um and you mentioned radlands obviously which i think is, is also worth chatting about because also pretty fucking important really looking back yeah, weirdly. I mean, I think, you know, once again, it's one of those things where you just don't know how important something is or, or you have no idea the importance of something while you're just there, and, you know. Um, but yeah, being able to turn up on a Wednesday night and knowing that, you know, because there was probably only two indoor parks in the country at the time, Radlands was one of them. Um, you knew that Wednesday night at Radlands was going to be the place to to meet all the people, you know, or some of them anyway. Um, so yeah, you know, Tom Penny would be there, Carl Shipman would be there, Rooney Glyfberg would almost certainly be there, who was living in the UK at the time. So yeah, that they're you know, but I, I had no idea. I had no idea. I just thought, oh, this is brilliant. It's a local park. Great. Off I go. Again, you know, you. you you said earlier on about being a kid in your 20s. Yeah, all right. Yeah, maybe we still are. Maybe you, you don't know anything in, in your 20s either. Yeah, we didn't know how important that was. So, yeah. People are going to hate me if I don't ask you for some favourite war stories from, from back then. Well, you know, things that stand out. Because obviously you've shot so many legendary skateboarders, so many famous sessions. You know, it's an on-the-nose question, but I think it's worth asking because people are into it. People like this stuff. You know, like what, mm, what, yeah. what, what, what does stand out when when you look back? Anything? I mean, there must be something that. Uh, gosh, it just it's, it it just went by in such a blur. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, gosh, no, nothing. I mean, you know, I think meeting all those 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 great, classic, brilliant UK skateboarders, you know, going to meet Franklin Stevens for the first time in Ips in Ipswich, <laughs> Ipswich, you know, like turning up somewhere and just having. We had some idea that this scene was going to be a good scene because we'd seen the video. Yeah. But when we turned up there, it was just like, wow, these guys. And and it was pretty much all of them were just phenomenal. And there was Frank jumping off roofs and, you know, it was just so, such an exciting time in skateboarding that, you know, for me. Well, I think that's one of the things I really like about what you do on Instagram because you see it's almost like there's people you want to to be like remember this person like we need to remember this person's contribution you know like with mm, some of the stuff mm. that you're putting up is that is that intentional kind of feels like that oh god yeah, yeah. I, I, I agonize over every instagram post yeah i don't i mean i could i could sort of sit there and digitize absolutely everything and you know put it online straight away but i don't know no I, i'm i'm really trying to reframe the past and yeah i mean it's a pity that frank stevens and mark channer aren't on instagram otherwise they'd be i don't know their, their accounts would be lighting up as far as i'm concerned but yeah i think it's yes i do i, I spend time thinking about that yeah that must be one of the great i've been one of the great joys of it like you say like just turning up in these pretty parochial british towns and just discovering these like self-contained brilliant scenes with these like absolutely incredible skateboarders that mm-hmm. you know and it mm-hmm. it seemed because that's what used to get me with sidewalk it you'd be like fucking hell <laughs> like who the fuck's this guy yeah you know who is mm-hmm. absolutely amazing because mm. previously there was obviously you know you mentioned like the the, the obvious names like shipman penny rowley like you know and but it seemed to democratise the whole thing a bit sidewalk. It seemed like it, that was as important to you lot that you would try and shine the light on these, you know, these people that you were like, we need to we need to talk about these people. Everyone needs to know about this. Oh, we definitely were. That, that was 100% the mission, yeah. I mean, Ben uh, probably, I can't remember explicitly, but he probably talked to you about that. And um, that was our aim at the time to document... British, British skateboarding and represent it in the best possible way that we could to the best of our ability um, and uh, I hope we achieved some of that um, and I think you know, yeah people are doing it brilliantly today as well how did you because you were, you were traveling as well though right you were going abroad you were doing that how did you balance that was that something that you tried to um, feature but not overplay because because it seemed like in you know, there's always a danger of going like that California, America, like that's that's actually the be all and end all sort of thing. But you lot again seem to be like, no, this is as legitimate. You know, this is this is something that, that should have as much value. But equally, you know, you did go abroad, did go to the States, did shoot, you did travel a lot. Like was, were, were you consciously trying to balance it or were you, were you more a bit like, well, we'll do whatever? Yeah, so I think, you know, you've got to sort of remember that at the time, and, and it's, it's probably still going, maybe it's not going on so much these days, but, you know, so about the time we started Sidewalk, certain very important um, UK skateboarders, Tom Penny, 
Jeff Rowley, Mike Manzuri, even Carl, were travelling to America to pursue their career. Uh, they were travelling to California. And, you know, so, so we'd, we'd go and visit them. You know, that was a sort of a way into that scene. But, but we also were very conscious of we want to document the UK scene and make that our raison d'etre. Um, that was very important to us, you know. And, yeah, I mean, occasionally... So, I mean, I think Sidewalk was only like six issues a year <laughs> to start with. So there was lots of time to go and do a, you know, a month-long trip to America to, to get pictures of Jeff or to get pictures of Tom or whatever um, to fill our magazine with. But we were very consciously trying to make it about British skateboarding and in in our eyes that was very very important so you mentioned the read and destroy book earlier that, that you've been sort of working on well you're involved with Dan right in, in doing that so is that yeah. still gonna is that, is that ongoing yes it's ongoing yeah 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 it, it will happen at some point I'm sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously your archive is going to have a fairly key role in that I imagine well, I mean actually yeah I mean hope, hopefully but of course because we all walked out the door at the final version of uh, Read and Destroy, lots of my material from that era is sadly lost. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. What, in some filing cabinet? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you do a bunk. Fucking hell. With, with the advertising manager and the editor, then yeah. what are you going to do? You know, so, that Mr. Casper, if, if you're listening, Mr. Casper, yeah. can I have my pictures back? <laughs> wow, that must sting a bit, though. Well, yeah, there's certain things that are missing. Yeah. Um, are you the, quite a completist with it all? No, I can't be really. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a time where, you know, you're photographing onto the actual film that you're then going to send off around the world. You know, like, of course things are going to get lost. Um, I mean, it's, that's, it's still sort of, it's very strange. We were photographing using slide film and we were sending those slides, those original slides across the country and also internationally sometimes. So, so yes, some of it's lost. There we go, you know. It does seem funny, doesn't it, when you say that? Mm, no, it's a very it seems so, so mm. anachronistic now. I mean, mm. it was only like 25 years ago, but... Mm-hmm. It's, an insane, insane system. And also, yeah, just so labour intensive, the mm. whole thing from start to finish, so expensive and mm. Mm. so technical, like we say, mm. you know. Yeah. Did, 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 was that part of what led to your kind of approach? What, what did you describe it as here? Like studio outdoors, did you say? Uh, yeah, well, I think, yeah. So, I mean, uh, there are other interviews out there on the internet where I get very technical about this. But yeah, you, we... I think the nature of the recording media meant that we had to light the scene quite brightly so that that brought about this sort of studio in the street look where, you know, we were lugging around huge lights. But if we were using different recording media, if you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, just let's have another picture. <laughs> Maybe this type of recording media here. I'm um, really bad at getting my pitch taken. Yeah, so you know that 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 would. You can have two two pictures of me looking really fucking gormless <laughs> <laughs> to add so, to the massive collection that Owen that works for me on this has got. So I mean, you know, even even something like that, which and we are in fairly low light now. That that would that's get that records you, you know, 
perfectly well. So I think that the nature of what we were trying to do gave us that look, but you don't need to do that anymore. There's not really any need for that anymore, even though actually that's what everyone's doing. So um, yeah, it's interesting that, interesting, anyway. Yeah, but you're gonna do some stuff on Neil's book. Yes, so so Neil at Science Versus Life has got this, you know, he's got this huge idea of sort of doing the definitive history of UK skateboarding. What was it, 1989 to 2002, most probably. Yeah. Um, And, you know, obviously I'll be helping him out with that as much as I possibly can. I mean, that is, when he taught me through that, it, it is a proper... I mean, it's a life's work, isn't it? <laughs> you know, really, because he open-ended deadline as well. You know, he was a bit like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, what well, it'll be done when it's done. Mm. And also his approach, that he, that he, the way he's going about it, not in like a linear. It's like, yeah, it, the whole. Th- it, I mean, I admire it. Like, I admire the vision of it. I admire the kind of scale of it, the ambition of it. But also, made me quite tired. <laughs> at the thought of at the thought of it <laughs> really having just done a book where you know it, it wasn't about that it was like a pretty straightforward thing that was a fucking pain in the ass well there you go so you know all about you know ugh, print deadlines and print costs and and all, and, and editing and, and all that sort of stuff and I, I mean you know Neil hate me for saying this but I've suggested he sort of split it up into I don't know say, be, say maybe monthly magazine size sections and sells it over the course of a year or possibly two yeah i mean but, that, that that could yeah. kind of work couldn't it mm, like mm. um yeah i guess it depends how how because it's just endless isn't it you know even when we were talking about you know you talk about going to ipswich and we're talking about all these like different scenes mm, and mm. if you're going to try and capture all that it's, and, it's a sprawling project uh, i'm 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 really i really admire him for for taking it on yeah i admire his tenacity enormously he's the only man for the job i think absolutely 100 percent. yeah and it will happen on in some way it will happen i will but, do it for sure yeah but um yeah it's a huge huge uh thing I mean, which obviously i will be as much of a part of as i can be and are you have you got like a any kind of like photo edit a role or is it a bit more like he's oh, just no. he's just going to be like right oh. uh, give me give me shots on yeah. you know if 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 i've got him he can have him he's he's the he's going to have the final say of what's yeah. in that and what's not in it you know uh, and he know, and he's in contact with all the right people to make that work yeah yeah no, it's, i think it's going to be great but may 22 <laughs> let's let's mark that moment <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if it, if it's out in 2022 which i that would be remarkable if it was but mm. I, I look forward to the to the moment when i can hold that in my hand yeah that'd be mm. great mm. so when you started sort of you know as we talked about at the beginning of the conversation you kind of felt like you decided to do something different were you already doing the commercial stuff before then little bit yeah bits bits and pieces I was always like I was always freelance as well as yeah I was always freelance so I didn't yeah I I, I kind of kept doing other bits and pieces like I do sort of the odd music portrait and 
stuff like that. Kind of came with the territory at the time, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bit, you know, so. Um, but then, yeah, sort of out the back of skateboarding, I got into shooting, um, cycling a bit, mountain biking a bit. A very different world, that one. Where you have to suddenly lug all your kit for, you know, 30, 40, 50k across cross country for a whole day. You know, different world, that one, so... And is that kind of what you mainly do in these days and the commercial oh, no, stuff? No, no, no. I'm back in. I'm back in the studio, and I'm a studio photographer. I'm a studio yeah, you do, but you do a lot of stuff for like Rafa, don't you? And this, uh, and the, I, I uh, work for cycling brands. I'm lucky yeah. enough to to work for cycling brands, uh, predominantly. Yeah, but I, I'm a I'm a studio based photographer these days. Yes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, though you know, I'm happy to work on a location shoot. In fact, I recently did one with Phil. Maybe we'll see him later. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the thing in the Peak District, wasn't it? Mm. He's telling me about that, like the colour collective thing. Yeah, you're supposed to be writing a story for that. I am writing a story about that. Very good. Yeah, mm. yeah. I've almost forgot what it's like to a proper deadline. Actually, it's not really a proper deadline. Yeah. He seems you, to be being, being very loose about this idea. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. That that. I mean, the deadline was supposed to be today. <laughs> How's that going, Matt? Yeah. I'm definitely not going to do it on the train on the way home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think deadline's quite flexible mm, these good. days. One, one good thing about the internet, because obviously yes, you know, yeah, you're, not, you're not tied to that print deadline. No. So everyone's a bit like, all right, you can have another week. Yeah. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. Good. Um, but yeah, you've been out on the bike a lot with Phil, he was saying. Is that, so you're quite into, into the, you know, the, the actual cycling as well. Oh yeah, well, I, I think I'm a. I mean, I ride my bike. I'm a, you know, I'm a commuter. You're I'd a London ride, commuter. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sort of staunch. Yeah, I'm quite a staunch cyclist. Yeah, um, I don't own a car. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I much prefer to be out on a bike. But I think Phil is uh, talking about going out proper, proper cycling into 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 the hills. You know. Uh, which I'm not doing so much much of anymore, but he he probably still is. He's a great he's a great outdoors type, isn't he? But yeah, I haven't been like cycling out in the hills in a sort of proper lycra wearing sense for quite a while now. Right, but do you because he also he said something like that you try and walk 10k a day. Is that <laughs> is that a thing? Actually, yeah, I try to. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was quite fascinated by that. So what was that's great. You, good you, he's you just you just is that what is that like a well a meditative thing a reflective thing because I, I I personally very enjoy the um the you know like the, the well the meditative would be the word really like the there's there's a quote I quite like it is solved by walking yeah you know yeah. I quite so I was quite intrigued by that because it seems like quite a specific sort of thing to want to try and do. Yes, I mean, I, th- I enjoy the, I enjoy, um, yeah, I mean, I think walking in London as well is, is it's great. a wonderful thing because, yeah. you know, you can, because it's ever-changing. Yeah. Um, every every street, every time you visit it is different. Well, it's you like know, you go so. th- through a different class, isn't yeah. it? Street yeah. to street, you know, yeah. you've got, you've got, even like here, like walking from the station yeah. in Camberwell, turn the corner, I was like, you, you, little, yeah. little time capsules aren't they yes well yes i think mr will self would call it psychogeography wouldn't wouldn't he I, so i not was not aware of that well, but that I sounds that like yeah. somebody mm. cleverer than me is already yes. uh, cleverer than us all yeah I mean, probably but um yeah i i i, I think yeah it, it's 
it's amazing walking London and seeing how seeing all the different parts of it and um I'm I'm lucky at the moment that I have a I have a girlfriend a partner who's also very into walking and comes with me and we're not scared of walking the entire way across town so um it's yeah I think it's I don't know what's that what's the other idea about just just almost exploring the city just through moving through it yes yeah, maybe that's the psychogeography idea again yeah but it's it is it's good isn't it because you well you take these landscapes i mean it's an obvious obvious parallel with skateboarding isn't it like you know yeah reimagining a very familiar landscape mm, mm, and mm. i think that's why i was quite interested in when phil said that because that's one pretty simple way of doing it going for a walk isn't it yeah, yeah. there's no you know you don't need any special equipment you're just off especially like you say mm. in a town like this where in doing so you are kind of you probably you know in london you, you're obviously like basically directed underground if you're going to get around or you know on public transport or whatever and it is a pretty simple way of seeing the whole place a bit with fresh eyes isn't it and putting it together you know there isn't really a bit of london okay well i'm gonna say this so I'm, i've started now there isn't a bit of london that i'm you know, totally unfamiliar with because, you know, I've walked through it or cycled through it or whatever. I can put it all together now. So yes, I feel confident enough to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I probably if you looked at my pedometer today, it probably wouldn't say 10k. But that it, what that's it is a goal. Yeah, it's it's a sort of I, I would like to be able to say that I. I, I do that also, you know, and then, then who needs to visit the gym? <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're just going out walking, you know. Yeah. So, and you're doing this guest editor thing, are you? You mentioned, you're doing something, aren't you, with a magazine? Forgive me, I'm forgetting the, the details, but you mentioned this when we were chatting about doing this. You've got something going on. Yes, so this is this is still slightly up in the air, but um, so there's a, there's a publication called Golden Hour. Yeah, that's the one. And um, Matt Price, who... Uh, is the sort of runs editor person he publishes Golden Hour. Matt Price is a uh, Californian photographer and just, I mean, God, he just lo does loads of stuff. I mean, it's incredible. His output is amazing. And he's just, just decided that I should. So, so Golden Hours one, two, and three have all been on different subjects. I think number two was all about Fred Gall. Um, number three was about a trip that Matt did to Paris or something. So it's like, you know, issue two took four years and issue oh, three like took two weeks or yeah. something. Um, and he's just decided, oh, I want you to be, I want Golden Hour 4 to be just Wigmoreland. Oh, wow. And all your pictures. And you get to, to plan it. Well, yes. I mean, we are in the middle of plan planning it, yeah. So it's sort of yeah. like a curator kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he as long as, it's all it's all my pictures. It's all yeah, it's from you, it's all my. But obviously, yeah. you you get to kind of a little bit. There's I a mean, lot of ways in there, isn't there? I I haven't I haven't actually yet seen. Sorry to say this, Matt, but you, I haven't yet seen a layout. But that could, I could see that tomorrow, you know. So um, he's shown me a couple of versions of the cover, and but that's it. And then we're we're sort of still. To, it's kind of early days. Maybe it's not worth talking about it yet because it still might not happen but we'll see yeah are you quite enjoying then going into the archive and because you were heavily involved in the Milton Keynes 
project, weren't you? This is probably a couple of years ago now. Yeah, the Milton Keynes MK skate thing. That was yeah. that was fun. Yeah, and it was brilliant because it was properly funded by you know our wonderful lottery uh, fund in the UK. So keep pay- playing a lottery, people. <laughs> um, so yeah, they 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 you know, and Milton Keynes Borough Council found some money to to you know fund this proper thing yeah and a a proper book was made out of it that had proper writing in it by proper writers like ben powell and pictures my pictures leo's pictures yeah it's a great it's a great project yeah it must be quite nice being able to like use the archive for stuff like that to to sort of like tell a particular story like that with all Mm. the stuff that you've got yeah definitely i think that you know being able to projects like that that have come up and last year's Somerset House exhibition was like it's another one where you know people you know want they want to see bits of the archive and and, and that's just that's great you know to be able to remind people that it exists and that was really that was a good one as well because I got to show people or hint at least how we would edit a magazine you know we'd we'd put the pictures on a light on a light box and we'd cut the film up with some scissors and we put them in the mounts and we'd mark them up with how big we wanted them to be in the magazine and we'd send them off so it, it hinted at all that stuff which was which was good so yeah all these all these projects are ways to reframe uh the archive so you got any more shoots coming up then gonna be doing more more skate stuff yeah or i are mean you more sort of playing it by here I, I sort of yeah I try and I I just play it by ear a little bit yeah um I think that there's yeah s- skateboarding yeah I mean there's there's a whole other kind of thing going on within skateboarding where and an, perhaps another maybe we don't have time for this huge question now but there's a kind of we do all right we do far okay. away well it's quite interesting isn't it how skateboarding is is perhaps some of modern skateboarding isn't suited to stills photography. And I think that quite a lot of the stuff I see on Instagram, I you know, follow, you know, quite a few skateboarders on Instagram. And I just, I just think you see stuff, you know, like, how can I shoot that? You know, like, it's, it's, it, that's got <laughs> to be... What the fuck is that? Yeah, I mean, there's a good one it's yesterday. Quite, quite was, common, I think. I think it was Tiago, you know, and it was a switch backside flip switch backside smith on a rail and it's like on a on a sort of quite high flat bar out of a curb cut and i thought i i can't describe that with a still image right i can't i I don't see a way to do that i mean maybe there's the the flip coming around and he's just about to engage in the smith maybe but i think that that's that's just me daydreaming you know that that needs to be described with a video and that is so much of modern skateboarding is like that. That needs an iPhone camera. Yeah. That, so as in, like, just the progressions got to the point where you think it ne- that that's the treatment it needs. Almost is that is that kind of literally what you're saying? Possibly. Yeah. Quite. Yes. And and that and that's why and that's why he's doing that stuff. Yeah. So one feeds into the other. That he he knows that he can make that look good on a mobile phone camera. He doesn't. He isn't waiting for a photographer to turn yeah, that's up. Yeah, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Like, wh- which is driving which almost. Yeah. Really. Is that depressing? No, 
it's just for a you, new... For you, I mean, as a photographer, or are you just like, that's just the deal, that's just evolution, that's the way it's it goes? It's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think I'd find it, if I was if I was sort of more involved in creating skateboard media, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably find that... Because, I, I mean, we, you know, we used to do quite a lot of sequences. Yeah. Film sequences. I'd, I'd rattle through quite a lot of those, I, I seem to remember. A week, but I don't, I don't sort of, I don't really want to do that. I, I certainly don't want to go out and shoot sequences. That's the job of a video camera. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I'm much more interested in, in how to describe something that's happening on the skateboard in one single image. You know? Can we get a bit geeky about that? Because it's so fascinating. It comes back to what you were saying earlier when you were talking about like the shape that you want to see. Like, so do you, and I'm assuming that just comes from, obviously you must be at the point as a creative person that's just quite an instinctive thing. But was that, do you have that picture when you work with a skater from just looking at how they skate? If that's not too much of a ridiculously obvious question, but you know, this kind of thing that you're looking for, these moments that you're describing, like what, how are you making those calls? Is that just, is that the aesthetic? Is it the person that you're working with? Is it the, the session? Is it the, is it a combination of those things? It's probably a combination of all those things, isn't it really? Yeah. And I think probably you can sort of, well, I mean, now, now I'm in the position of, amazing position of being able to sort of look at people on Instagram and go, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to photograph them. That would, you know, that looks really cool. I want to, I want to shoot that. Or, whereas, there was less choice about that back in the sidewalk days. It was like, you know, you've got to turn up, shoot everyone. But I think, you know, I had certain, there were certain people that I shot a lot of photographs of where I had that sort of relationship with. So I knew that's what that skateboarder was going to do and what, and the way they were going to land it or not, or what was going to happen. Uh, Mike Manzuri, Mark Channer, you know, the list Paul the man Sylvester from Leeds Frank Stevens you know yes I had that kind of relationship with those people Pete Helicar probably yeah um, but yeah that was a that was a different era and I, and I was sort of out there all the time doing it whereas now you can just sort of go oh my god Atlantic Johnson right yeah that's the guy <laughs> I want to shoot and, and I can sort of you know I can go after him and you know, bother him through Instagram until he gives in or whatever, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah there's certain people. Tom DeLion, amazing skateboarder, you know, incredible. So, yeah, that, you can sort of, it's sort of easier now because you've got this resource where you can go, oh, yeah, that's, that's who I want to take pictures of. Yeah. So what do you think of skateboarding now? Wow. I mean, it's... it's it's amazing. It's yeah. better than it's... It's, it's madness, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. amazing. It's, 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 it's such a brilliant... Incl yeah, it's much more inclusive. It's much... Um, and, it's, and there is progression, but it's not... But it's also really stylish as well. Like yeah. Tiago is a really good example of that. You know, he's incredibly stylish. But look at those... I mean, he isn't, he isn't jumping off buildings. Maybe that also appeals to me. It's really cool. He's, what Tiago's doing is really cool. I, I haven't got a clue how to 
make a still image out of most of it probably but i'm sure if i spoke to him he'd go oh no we're going to do this thing yeah we'll do this thing for a still and and he'd it would be led by you know the skaters i'm sure so as it always was yeah so, you know so you were telling me what you're doing now yeah so i mean i i've just recently uh done this little nice little project for a skateboard community in northeast london um, just just shooting portraits of the entire community, and and they're, they're called everyone on boards. And oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Ar- Arga. Yeah, Arga. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And yeah. she's completely like sorted it out. It's like, I just yeah. turn up with a camera and a and a backdrop and a light and an yeah, assistant, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's, off we go. She, and they just got mm. a big grant or something, didn't they? Yeah. So she's yeah. so she's able to you know pay for this thing to come into existence, and um, I get to turn up and meet her community and take a few pictures of them because we decided of course to folk to do it on film i don't know why but um right yeah so it was that that's fun little thing like that i think you know that's it's nice to meet everybody it's nice to be reassociated with that world and also it's brilliant to see the huge diversity of people who feel involved in skateboarding these days yeah um so yes yeah, i think we shot ooh, 40 45 50 portraits in a day and that will that will turn into an exhibition in a book at some point in 2022 yeah i really like the way that she approaches it mm. it's great yeah it's brilliant yeah, yeah it's really she's good. on a proper mission right yeah she really is she's an unstoppable force yeah <laughs> yes. i never met her i just know through this she messages me on Instagram as is the way so we've got you know a bit of correspondence going back and forth yeah. there and obviously been been seeing what she's been up to mm, mm. yeah definitely comes across as a force of nature indeed and I think For you sure. know that that is a that hopefully will be a great project that shows the the, the true diversity of, of people involved in the skateboard world it isn't just it isn't just um, privileged white boys anymore you know so. yeah so have you ever thought about getting a proper job <laughs> Oh, I just made one. you spill your beer. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, occasionally I think about it. Yeah, and then I, and then I think no, no, I might as well just keep trying to get away with it. Yeah. So I'm. What what would I do now? I know, no, that's what I'm like. Mm. What it's been a bit bit long, hasn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. I, th- I think I'm the same. Yeah. Although I think you've definitely passed it passed into it is a proper job territory, right? with what you're doing oh I think so probably yeah I mean just about until we're all replaced by robots yeah mm. somehow yeah stranger things have happened yeah, quite yeah so um, yeah I, I it, I'm, I've been quite lucky that it's turned into a career in inverted commas for me yes but I don't I don't know well, I don't know whether I'd necessarily advise young people these <laughs> days to become quote unquote photographers I don't know it seems like it's such a different thing now do you think I mean can can you do it like is there an is there an equivalent like could could somebody listen to this who's got a camera and into skateboarding or snowboarding or surfing do you think that career is is open gosh in, in the same way that it was well, I don't think it was very open anyway, was it really? And it's sort of, it was, it's such a sort of small, tiny little world, all that. And then, but I'm sure that we'll, 
those those people will will find a way uh, if they if that's what they're sort of you know born to do or whatever. Yeah, I um, guess that'll never change, really, will it? If you've kind of because, like you say, you you definitely made what you ended up doing, didn't you? Just by following those little paths and seeing where it ended up. Yeah, I think you've just got to you know just keep going, and you'll 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 find a way to do it. But yes, I have no idea how you would do that today yeah yeah i guess it's a bit uh, snowboard journalist gosh where do you where do you i mean there's there are yes there are skateboard magazines in that are still around but they're i would have thought that they're a a skateboard a print skateboard magazine magazine nowadays is probably the, the actual paper bit of their output is i don't know 20 percent it's, it's all web updates and instagram posts yeah. you know to keep that going it seems i mean i'm it seemed niche when we did it like when you, you know white lines and sidewalk but it's funny thinking back now because like it, it would be it must be even more like so niche like because i actually got an email the other day off a guy really nice email like random emails is like i'm starting a snowboard mag and i was a bit like fucking hell really <laughs> like i mean more power to you but that is like even mm. that that would be hard now i think yeah i mean i think you know yesterday i got a dm through instagram oh i'm starting a, a skateboard magazine i'd like you to use your pictures in it of course we don't have any budget yeah you know it's like the old, yeah you know that's that, got a bit harder on it as well that one but but I think that if I'm in a position to be able to perhaps I'll have to check this out a little bit more as a particular thing <laughs> but I, I'm in a position to ju- just to be able to go yeah sure you know use my work and keep my name out there fine but that isn't um, you know that isn't much use if you're starting out is it it's like Matt Price's idea about Golden House lovely for what a luxury for me to be able to yeah. keep the images out there and keep able to talk about them oh dog fight somebody savaged heavens south exciting london. south london for you <laughs> friday afternoon if i friday afternoon in the pub <laughs> it's a massacre um, gosh i do have people contacting me through instagram and asking me you know sending me pictures and 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 saying what do you think of this what do you think of that you know give me pointers and i do try to sort of advise as best I can through text message yeah it's possible but um I'm always sort of mindful that that perhaps skateboard regular skateboard outlets and media want pictures to look a a certain way whereas I'm always like well you know no why don't you do you? You, you this looks a bit like a bit different to what the skateboard media require so why don't you just pursue that why don't you this guy the other day contacted me and I could tell that like some of the images were showing like more about the session and, and right. his friends they were in the pictures and it's like that's that's what you should go after make it about that and the and all, all the people involved in the session rather than like picking out one person and making them the hero why not make it about the scene the you know a bit a bit wider yeah so yeah. i what i was just saying when we were grabbing this pint went and did um this big snowboard event 
in America in January and um, basically got my friend Owen to go along as well, who is, who's the f- extremely talented photographer. Um, never really shot snowboarding. And the, the, the guys that organized it were like, um, oh, does Owen want to come and shoot? And, and they were like, can he shoot? Can he shoot snowboarding? And I was like, well, he can. He's not a snowboard photographer like per se in, in a in inverted yeah commas. but he yeah. can definitely shoot snowboard and he can and he can ride like they're like can he ride it's like he can ride so and he was and you know and this was like all the fucking big dogs of like the american snowboard scene photographers were going to be there and they were all lovely like but you know they they come with a reputation they've all been there and he was he was shitting himself and he was like and i was like look just don't even fucking worry about it like just go and do what you do like just go and just, just go and do your thing yeah. and It'll be, it'll be great and it'll be better yeah. because it'll be a different thing because they're going to do, with all respect to them, they're going to do what they do. You know, they're going to they're gonna do the snowboard angles. That some of them, you know, they'll be fish eye, they'll be this, they'll be that. Don't fucking worry about it. Just go and shoot. And it was really interesting seeing like, firstly, how he approached it and also what he came back with because he didn't, he didn't go for the, you know, like we're talking about the kind of angles that you grow up with. And and the perspective that you grow up with, mm-hmm. so you, so like you, like the people that you're talking about, they're approaching you. They're like, "Well, you do it like this." And it's like we were talking about earlier. Like, well, if you're going to shoot snowboarding, you must do it this way. And it, I thought it was great to see somebody not do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah, there needs to be a bit more of it, really, doesn't there? I think Cause it's funny as well because like you talked about the, you know, Instagram democratizing things and like removing the gatekeepers, but still all quite samey a lot of it you know the way it's the way it's framed and and shot still yes it is and that's where my my sort of word conservative comes from yes yeah. but i i mean you know i understand i understand it and i think that you know we need those those magazines need bright colorful images so people pick the magazine well, not so much off the shelf these days, but at, you know, up from the skate shop and walk away from it with it in their pocket or whatever. So I understand that it needs to look a kind of certain way, but yeah, I think there's, I think there's um, a little bit more experimentation going on these days, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cheers, Wig. Cheers. Let's leave it there. That was great, man. Thanks for doing it. No, no, my my pleasure, dear boy. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. So there you go. That was me and Wig, and I hope you enjoyed it. Now, as I said at the beginning, I'm very grateful that Wig took the time to do that, especially because I know it was quite a big deal for him to put himself out there like that, um, and especially because he's such a highly regarded figure in British skateboarding. A lot of interest in there, um, especially Wig's story of needing pretty much a decade's break from his archive, something I can very much empathise with. Um, there's a lot of emotional territory to unpick there, and I kind of wish I'd dug a bit deeper in that on reflection but it took me a while to sort of you know really mull over the implications of that part of the conversation then there was his take on the conventions of skate photography and his feeling that at some point he'd reached his creative limit and it was time to do something else like I said earlier after we finished the interview we did stick around for a pint or two which was great so big thanks Wig um do make sure you follow him on Instagram over at Wig Warland. After all, if you're going to spend any time on that hell site, you might as well spend it looking at historical, creatively brilliant and culturally relevant pics of skateboarding by one of our true legends, right? So housekeeping corner, 
thank fuck they've gone. It's been a while, um, but I thought I'd wheel that one out again. So what's going on? Well, believe it or not, it's a year since we released Looking Sideways Volume 1, myself and Owen Tozer, which is quite a milestone and something I've been reflecting on over the last few weeks. It's been really brilliant to watch this project find its way in the world. And I continue to be so heartened by the response and response even, easy for me to say, and support I've had from listeners around the world since day one. I was also really tickled by the way my peers and colleagues in the old Media Action Sports podcast Venn Diagram got behind it too. And like I say, I've been thinking about this quite a lot um, as you might have gathered if you listened to the housekeeping corner a few weeks back self-publishing a book I mean it's been a really interesting and instructive experience um, I have had other books published in the past working with a publisher and as I wrote in the blog I put out last summer which I think was called like you know five things I learned from writing looking sideways volume one or something I talked about how I was pretty determined to self-publish this one um, and now that I've done that, I've got, you know, a bit of distance to sort of think about how, you know, the differences between working with a publisher and self-publishing and I've drawn a few conclusions. I mean, thinking back, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a glass half empty sort of person when it comes to these things. I've got that thing where I don't ever really dwell on the successes. I'm constantly getting told off for that in my day job at All Conditions Media. Um, personally, I just think perhaps that's where this weird drive I seem to have comes from. But anyway, thinking back myself and Owen, I think we made a lot of mistakes in the way that we approached the whole thing, which we chatted about a little bit the last time we saw each other in Croyd about a month ago. Most of them are around selling the thing a little bit more ruthlessly once it was finished or tweaking it to make sure it was a bit more commercial and so on. Um, Mistakes are good, obviously, because it's how you make the next thing better. I've been writing a blog about this, um, which, as I've said somewhere else, probably on Instagram or maybe in the last housekeeping corner, even for me, is quite pitilessly honest. So much so that I'm not too sure how sensible an idea it is to put it out into the world. But if I do, it'll go out on the aforementioned newsletter when I get around to thinking of it. I think the thing that interested me the most when I look back over it is how emotionally attached I clearly was and am to the whole thing. Despite thinking I was way past it, way past that when it came to this type of thing. I mean, it's a bit of a trope, that a bit of a cliche. I used to spend a lot of time in bands making music and I always used to really like this piss take Twitter account called Angry Small Band which is basically a brilliant joke on, um, you know, like a ba- an unsigned band in a little pissy town who were convinced they were the, the most brilliant band in the world and hated the fact they didn't, all these, you know, all these other shitbags achieve fame and stuff. And the reason it was so well done and so funny was because it, it really did hone in on how seriously people take themselves in that situation. And I think I was quite surprised by the fact that, like I say, I sort of at a few points was going down that road with this. Perhaps I just need to reconcile myself with the fact that if you put your heart and soul into something, which we definitely did with this book, unless you're some kind of emotional and creative cyborg or American, you're always going to, sorry, sorry, American friends, you're always going to, bit of a joke, you're always going to have an emotional response to this stuff. Some people, 
And I do think it's the hallmark of professionals, um, which is why I'm probably a little bit disconcerted about this in myself. Um, some people can park that stuff and just get on with the job of selling it. But me and Owen never really, <laughs> never really learned that one, um, which is something we talk about quite a lot. Um, so that's been interesting to reflect upon. Like I say, um, there's more of that in this blog and I might put it out. We'll see. In the meantime, um, we've got a few copies left, um, which you can find via my site. It's a great way of supporting the show. Um, I've also been looking into a few of the ways of kind of, you know, now we're a year in, I thought, well, I'll, I'll try a few different things on the, you know, must get better at selling this thing a bit more ruthlessly. I'm going to do another round of ads. I think I did a little round of adverts um, before Christmas, a few social ads, newsflash, they work. Who knew, eh? Um, but I'd not, I've not done any more since, mainly because I've just not had the time. So I'm going to do a few more, a few more adverts. Um, and I'm going to, I've been speaking to quite a few stores about stocking the book. I think the Wave in Bristol are going to stock it, which is very nice. Be quite hyped about that. Um, I also gave a load more away to different friends and, you know, people that might help spread the word. Uh, so, yeah, you know, if you, oh, and I'm going to put it on Amazon as well. Um, I made the mistake of wearing a body warmer, actually, to a, a recent social event. And a friend of mine spent the whole night calling me Bezos, which was quite funny, especially because I was in the middle of um, basically getting on my knees and getting the book on Amazon, which I didn't really want to do, but I figure, you know, a year later I might as well. Um, anyway, if you have supported that project in any way, I very much appreciate it. What you actually did was support the concept of a niche endeavor like this podcast in a generous and creative way. Such gestures, I do genuinely feel make the world better in a tiny yet important way. Um, and it's also just helped me keep this thing going for another year, free and ad free. So I'm very grateful. Um, elsewhere, I've been speaking about my event in Hossegore, my collaboration with DB in the last few weeks. I'm happy to say that in addition to the live event, we've been working on this thing over the last few weeks, which is going to launch in the summer, which is a, a version of the Media Apprentice thing I've been chatting about for a while. Um, which happily coincided with an idea that DB had as well. So we've kind of amalgamated those ideas um, into something I think we're calling the DB and Looking Sideways Fund. This will launch in the summer, all going well. And it's going to see me and DB partner up to find a new voice in action sports media and give them a platform to express their ideas and views. I mean, who knows? That could be you. Maybe you're a writer with a story you're burning to tell, a photographer looking for a platform, Maybe you've got a podcast episode you're dying to do. Um, if that sounds like a bit of you, this contest will be for you. We're going to launch it in the summer. So to find out more, follow me on Instagram at We Look Sideways or sign up to my newsletter, like I said, via the link on my homepage to keep up to date. Um, there's going to be a prize for that or a grant even. You know, there'll be a cash grant to enable you to do it. It'll be judged by myself and some of the guys at DB. You'll be get some mentoring from me and um i'll help you put it out there if it's a podcast i'm going to put it on my channel um if it's a story or photography we'll work out the re the best platform for it sounds pretty cool eh um so yeah i'm really looking forward to getting that out there all right that's it for this week big thanks to wig big thanks to db for all that big thanks to you and i'll be back soon with more of the same nice one